Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Cohen's Corner. This episode is going to be a little different because usually, obviously, we focus on what's going on with the Mets and all the news surrounding them. But with the World Baseball Classic starting this week, we thought maybe we'd dive into that considering it only happens every, what, four years. It's been more than that now, obviously, because of COVID and all the stuff that came with that. But it's exciting that the World Baseball Classic's here and there's a lot of really good teams. And yes, yeah, so we're excited to talk about it. So, Elizabeth, how are you? What's going on? I'm good. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the WBC this year. I feel like there's I definitely might be biased because I didn't I'll admit I, I've paid attention to it in the past, but never like super rapidly. But I do feel like this year there seem to be a lot more superstar players that have committed to play. And there just seems to be more hype around it in general. I also think there's more players now that are kind of globally known than there maybe were a few years ago, especially with, you know, Otani having such a big following both obviously across MLB, but also a huge following in Japan as well. So I think his presence in the WBC alone has amped it up. And, you know, the fact that he's had such amazing an amazing run the last few years, I think that alone has increased the overall excitement. I know there was um, a thing yesterday how he hit a couple of home runs in Team Japan's exhibition game. And, you know, one of them he basically hit with like one arm and like down on one knee and it went 420 feet to center field. and. Bomb. It it was pretty amazing to hear. It was also cool to hear the crowd there was just so reverential of him. And I'm I'm really excited to watch him on the big stage, an even bigger stage than than he normally is. And and yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it'll be interesting to see like all the Mets players split across the different teams because normally I'm used to rooting for them all together. So I'll be rooting for Team USA, but I'm also like rooting for the Mets players to do well mostly. And like I don't know if I really care who wins other than like having Lindor have a great moment or like Pete Alonso have a really good moment. So that's sort of where I'm at. But I'm definitely excited to watch a bunch of players that don't normally play together, seeing how they interact, seeing the kind of fun moments that will come from that. It's really exciting. I mean, because there's guys that are on rival teams like Trey Turner now is with the Phillies and Kyle Schwarber with the Phillies. They're playing for Team USA. I mean, JT Ramuto, another Philly. There's a lot of like really good players, obviously, especially for Team USA, because in the past, yeah, they were good players, but I mean, Marcus Stroman was on the team. Adam Jones, remember, he had that great catch in the last tournament. Um, but I, I feel like there's always been more popular names on other teams that would go out and play, like the Dominican or whatever. And obviously those teams are just as stacked again this year as they usually are. And with the U.S. being the defending champions, it's just great that they're able to put this great roster together. It's just going to be so fun to root for guys. Like, obviously, we always root for Mike Trout. It doesn't – his – like the Angels don't ever really have an effect on the Mets to, but to be actually invested in the team that he's playing for, I feel like will be really cool, and it'll just be really, it'll be an awesome experience to see all this great talent on the field at one time. It's just going to be like an All Star game every single game, so I just I'm really excited to see it. I don't remember exactly when Mike Trout committed, but I do recall that whenever that news came out, I think it was like pretty early on last season, actually, or like sometime in the early summer, and that was when I was sort of like, okay, wow, they got like. Mike Trout is basically like the captain slash head recruiter for Team USA. So, you know, there's going to be a bunch of people that do it because he's one of the best players in the game and has been for many years. So I think whatever that announcement was, that sort of added some immediate legitimacy to Team USA. And then from there, you know, lots of people committed. I know Pete Alonso committed pretty early to do uh, the WBC last year. Paul Goldschmidt is obviously also on the team. I would imagine he's probably playing most of the first base for Team USA, but you never know. Pete, yeah, Pete might get Pete in there. Probably DH a He'll lot. probably DH a lot. Just hey, better, better for the team. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things shake out. 
I, I think that, and I also think too, like, yes, there's so many great players on the, the Team USA team, but I'm also excited. There's a bunch of really interesting players from like all over the world that are playing on other teams. And there's also a lot of countries that aren't really known for baseball that are participating in the WBC, like Great Britain, for example, which, you know, I have family from there, so I'll be rooting for them. I feel like a lot, most of the players are like American that have a parent from the UK in some form. So I don't know how many of those players are actually like born in the United Kingdom. Although I know the Mariners top prospect or one of their top prospects is like one of the headliners for them. So I'm excited to kind of see that. Um, I'm excited for Team Italy, another part of my heritage, which is being managed by Mike Piazza, also featuring Matt Harvey pitching for the team, which I don't really know at this point what his like baseball status is going to be moving forward. But I'm excited to see him competing again because it's been over a year, I guess. So that there's a lot of kind of interesting storylines among other teams. There's also another Japanese pitcher, uh, Roki Sasaki, who is I don't know how much you know about him. I don't know a ton, but I do know that he's one of the one of the best pitchers in Japan. And I think he threw like a perfect game last year. Yeah, he's like only 21 years old, or something like that. but he's like incredible. So I I'm excited to watch him because the whatever, whatever I do know about him from sort of the coverage that's made it over to the United States, it seems like he's sort of turned a lot of heads over there so it'll be cool to see him in competition on the same team as Otani so yeah I, I think there's a lot of things I'm looking forward to and and yeah it'll be cool too because you know it'll be a lot of baseball going on over the next few weeks because yes there'll still be spring training games but also I mean the WBC games I think are mostly going to be on like Fox and FS1 so I mean they're going to be like on good that you're major networks so hopefully they do a good job of marketing that and it's going to be it's like less than two weeks, pretty much the tournament, the duration of it, because they're playing their group group games pretty much every day. You play the other four teams in your group. Yeah. And then you go right into the eliminations. And I think it's all within one week is the quarterfinal, semifinal and the finals. So you got to win those three games. And there's certain rules that I was looking at that are pretty interesting. It's almost like Little League. It's I think it's if you throw over 50 pitches, you have to have at least four days of rest. 30 pitches is at least a day of rest. They're trying to do it so that their regular baseball team, like the clubs, the major league teams don't get screwed by guys having a ton of injuries and whatever. So they're trying to prevent that. Um, but yeah, and I think there's a max limit. Like even by the time you get to the championship game, the most a pitcher can throw is 95 pitches and it's less than that every round before that. So it's really interesting what they're doing. And they're obviously not going to have the rules that baseball's implementing this year, that major league baseball is implementing with the shift ban and the pitch clock, like that stuff's not going to exist get a good look because it'll probably be the last time you'll get to see a guy like Manny Machado, you know, deep out in right field. So it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a little different from the game that we're going to be watching this year all summer, but it's just like we said, it's really exciting and uh, obviously we invested in team USA, but like you said, Elizabeth, it'll be cool to watch, especially the guys that play for the Mets, watch them play for their respective countries and see what they can do. Especially like Lindor today was named the captain of the Puerto Rico team. So that's going to be really cool. And, Sucks that Correa is not playing, you know, because we could have seen him. And that would have, yeah. I think they didn't he play third in the last WBC? He did the last one, and that's what gave people idea that he could do it for the Mets. But obviously, we're past that. But I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. But I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. So you mentioned sort of the schedule. So it we're recording this today on uh, March 6th. So it looks like I'm just pulling up the schedule now. The kind of official games. It looks like Pool A starts on March 8th. Uh, actually, before before the WBC teams play each other, there's also going to be exhibition games on Wednesday and Thursday, March 8th and 9th of between WBC teams and MLB teams. 
So it'll be kind of interesting to see, like, I think on Thursday, for example, Team Venezuela is playing the Mets. So there'll be like Mets players. Eduardo Escobar is going to be playing against the Mets, for example. So that'll be interesting to see. That's going to be happening across baseball. I know the Dominican Republic is playing the Braves on Wednesday, I think. There's there's a whole schedule of games. I don't know if these are available on TV or like what the broadcast situation is for those, but definitely curious to see like how those shake out. They're just exhibitions. They're not part of, I don't think they're, they're not part of like the official schedule, but looks like the first round kind of goes March 8th. It's taking place across Taiwan, Japan, uh, Phoenix, and Miami. The first kind of round across those four pools goes from March 8th all the way through March 15th. Then the quarterfinals take place the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th. Semifinals March 19th and 20th. And then the championship on March 21st. So, yeah, for the next kind of two-ish weeks, two and a half weeks, there'll be lots of overlap between WBC and spring training schedule. So our schedule, you know, everyone misses baseball in the offseason. We're going to have lots of baseball, even more than usual, over the next few weeks. So, yeah. That'll it's be gonna awesome. be weird too because like all these games are gonna be so hyped up, and then you're gonna go back into another like six, seven days of spring training, and then right after that the season's gonna start. So I mean it's all gonna happen pretty fast, but it's gonna be funny that that's gonna end. There's gonna be a little lull for the players to come back, and it doesn't really mean anything. And then the real season will March thirtieth, the season starts. So it's yeah. not a big, not a long break at all. And we've seen in the past how hyped up these games can get in the atmosphere, and especially with the Spanish teams and like you know how they are. So it's just it's gonna be really exciting. Yeah, no, it's definitely even just like I was saying from the video of the Team Japan exhibition game from yesterday, it was cool to hear like how loud the crowd got and like how excited they were over everything, you know, Otani was doing, but also just the game in general. And it'll be cool to have games with like that playoff atmosphere in March because usually we're sort of I mean, there's games like that throughout the regular season. Certainly there's Mets games that I went to that were very loud and people were really into it, but I feel like as baseball fans, you're sort of used to really easing into the season in terms of the hype for the games. You know, people are excited for opening day, but it's not the same type of full-throated cheering that I feel like you get during playoff games. And so it'll be cool as a fan to be able to watch games in March where everyone is like super, super into it. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. We alluded earlier. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I feel like this is like the perfect time for them to do the World Baseball Classic because I was thinking about it. When else would they really be able to do this? I mean, maybe if they took off a couple weeks in the middle of the season, you know, something like that, like other sports do for the Olympics. But I mean, maybe that would be the best way to not have injuries. You know, like if this certain year the baseball teams decided, the league decided, okay, we're only going to have a 140 game season to allocate to play this in the middle of the year, you know, and maybe that would help with injuries because you're not ramping up so fast before the season even starts. I don't know, but. That'd be the only other conceivable time uh, you could have it. You know, you're not going to have it in the winter after these guys have played a whole season. And it's just, I don't know, right? Like, what other time could they do it? I think this is really the only time they could do it. I think this is the best time because they've had some time, you know, presumably the players that were doing the WBC, like, A, most of them knew they were doing it probably a while ago. So they've been preparing during the offseason accordingly, I assume. And they've had a few weeks in spring training to kind of get ramped up. I know... Buck Walter has said in his press conferences after and before Mets games that he was trying to get the WBC guys as many at-bats as possible, putting them like earlier in the line. He had Pete Alonso like leading off a couple of games, which he wouldn't do in the regular season, but just having him get like a couple of extra at-bats, getting them ready. So especially like the position players, I feel like they're probably 
ready to go. And, and then the starters, I don't know if they had to adjust their preparation to like be able to throw more innings this early in March. You know, I don't know how guys like, I you know Adam Wainwright's on the Team USA team. He's I don't know how like starters. Probably, well, after Kershaw had to withdraw. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which that's the shame. I was actually really, I was looking forward to watching. And a guy him like Nestor Cortez, he could have helped a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, Kershaw is a player I always enjoy watching, like even though he's not on my team. So I was I was really excited that he was going to be on Team USA, but alas, is not going to be participating. I, I am curious to hear or kind of know more about like how the starters might have prepared because I don't know how many innings they're even going to throw during this tournament too. It's not like they're making that many starts. They'd be making max, what, two or three? Yeah. You know, it's like not that many. So basically preparing as if they were making being able to throw like five or six innings in a spring training game at this point. I don't really know. Which if it were Max Scherzer, you know, last year, remember his first start? He threw five innings. Five innings, yeah. Well, that was also different because of the lockout. I don't know when he found the time between like leading the negotiations. and. Yeah, I remember we talked about that last year. It's crazy. I don't know where he found the time to ramp up to six innings like immediately, but he 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 got hurt. So who knows, you know? Right. Well, he didn't get hurt till later. Well, he got the hamstring tweak like right before. Yeah, that's true. But... Well, this year, I think pitchers, since they have kind of the normal pitchers who aren't doing the WBC have basically the normal timeline. So they're yeah. able to kind of do do their normal slow and steady preparation, you know, getting a lot of those games of like starter pitches two innings and is like, oh, yes, that was a start. But they like were barely out there. So over the next yeah. couple of weeks, as the WBC is going on, all the other starters will be ramping up as well. But yeah, while we're here, let's go through the Mets players that are going to be participating in the WBC. Um, I have a list pulled up of basically every player that is WBC players divided by a team. So I don't actually know which team has like the most players. Probably USA. Some... No, I know in terms of like what MLB team has oh, the most meant, players like, participating. Okay, I know I there's you. some that have, I know the Astros have like 15 players doing it. The Angels Jeez. look like they have a lot. Let's see who we've got. So a lot of people playing for Team USA. We have obviously, as I mentioned already, P. Alonzo, McNeil. McNeil. Adam Adovino, Brooks Raley. And then, let's see, for Puerto Rico, Edwin Diaz and Francisco Lindor. For, looks like we have a couple for Panama, which are Jonathan Arauz, who I think they signed him. He's a, like, utility infielder. But I think he, I don't think he's, I don't know if he's on the 40-man or not. They, no, like, signed so. him in the offseason. Yeah. He's played a little bit in spring so far. He's playing for Panama. They also have a pitcher, Humberto Mejia, who's on the Panama team. Um, for Venezuela, they have Eduardo Escobar, Eliezer Hernandez, and Omar Narvaez. Oh, I forgot to mention, um, also participating for Team Puerto Rico is one of their top pitching prospects, Dominic Hamill, who threw a couple innings like last week in a game. I forget what game it was. Isn't that weird that Stroman, he's playing for Puerto Rico. He played for the U.S. last time, and the U.S. could probably use him. And that's just so crazy to me that you could switch one time in one tournament. You could play for one country, and then you could switch and play for another. I think, I, I mean, I think just was. the eligibility has to do with like your parents. Like it basically, oh, yeah, you can I know claim that, citizenship saying... in a country. You, it doesn't matter like what you previously. Yeah. But I'm just saying like you already yeah. picked one team. I'm just surprised that you're able to, and like good for him that he's able to play, but he was the MVP the last right. WBC. Don't you think you want to like, like follow that up? Like we said, Wainwright is the ace. He's the best starter on the team, which is kind of a shame. Like you couldn't, uh, obviously Jacob deGrom, Corbin Burns, Scherzer, Verlander, you could have got these guys, but they want to worry about their health, but Stroman, they could have used Stroman. Yeah, no, that's true. Cause I'm sure he'll do well for Puerto Rico. Pitching wise. They have some good relievers. Like I think Presley's pitching, uh, Devin Adovino Williams is pitching, pitching. Adovino, Brooks Raley. They have good relievers, but 
They don't have too many starters. But, I mean, like we said, these pitchers aren't going to be throwing that much anyway. So how important is a starter? He's essentially going right. to be like an opener, especially in the early games. You're lucky if your starter even get through the third inning. So it's not that big of a deal. But their lineup is absolutely stacked, the United States. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up. There's like the Team USA roster. So we got, uh, I mean, their pitchers, like we said. I mean, Lance Lynn is supposed to be starting. Oh, yeah. Miles Michael is. I, forgot I mean, we've got there. a couple guys, but Brady Singer. But they have David Bednar as a reliever, Kendall Graveman. Merrill, Merrill Kelly's a starter for the, for US. the D-backs. He was, he was pretty good last year. But, yeah, but, I mean, they're, the lineup is just ridiculous. Listen to the outfield. There's Mookie Betts. They have Jeff McNeil as an outfielder. We'll see. I'm sure he he will play some outfield. But Mookie Betts, Jeff McNeil, Cedric Mullins, Kyle Schwerber, Mike Trout, and Kyle Tucker. That's some. That's outfield. a good list. And their their infielders: Pete Alonso, Tim Anderson, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Trey Turner, and Bobby Witt Jr. Catchers are Higashioka, Rimuto, and Will Smith. That's a that's a good list. All the position players. The best on paper. It's the best team the U.S. has put together in this tournament. Oh, for sure. So. So I mean they they should do well. Yeah, the I mean the favorite, but uh, the U.S. isn't far behind. Well, like I was saying, I mean, yeah, the Dominican Republic basically their entire lineup is like all stars and MVPs. I mean, if we look at that, even though uh, Vlad Jr. has had to withdraw with like a knee injury, um, I know Soto's dealing with like some calf tightness. So I think it's sort of TBD on whether he's going to actually end up doing it. But their pitchers, the Dominican, they have Christian Javier. Sandy Alcantara. Sandy Alcantara, yeah. That yeah. alone, that they win. Yeah. They got Let's some see. Good guys. I mean, Cueto's pitching for them. Oh, Johnny, I forgot about him. I totally forgot he was doing it. Julio Rodriguez. Rafael Montero, former man. Montero, who just signed a extension, I think, Hector with the... Nares. I mean, they got some, some good Machado, pitchers. Wander Franco, Jeremy Pena, Camilo Doval, who was a really good reliever for the Giants. Yeah, he's, he's also nasty. on their team. He throws yeah, that... like 102 miles an hour. Another great outfield, Teoscar Hernandez, Eloy Jimenez, Julio Rodriguez, and Juan Soto. I thought I read somewhere that Teoscar had to withdraw. I'm not sure if that's Maybe. true. Maybe. This list was from like a week ago, so. I don't know if this has been updated since it then. It could be true. And, uh, I mean, but. With <laughs> Nelson Cruz on. as the general manager as well for yeah. the team. So he was like in charge of, I mean, it's funny because like he's still playing. But because like Yadier Molina, isn't he like the team Puerto Rico manager? Is he? I don't know. That. I think he. I think he is. Well, because he just retired last year. Yeah. But I'm pretty. He's like managing Team Puerto Rico, basically. And then Nelson Cruz was like the general manager for the Dominican Republic team, so he was in charge of like recruiting players, basically, to do it. So even yeah, though he, said, you're right, he is the manager, Molina. Yeah, there's a bunch of like former players and coaches kind of scattered across the team. There's like I think the Rays third base coach is a manager for one of the teams. And like we said, Mike Piazza, who not an active manager or coach, but is managing Team Italy. And yeah, I feel like this event will sort of just, you know, we love ba- like the regular season and the baseball season is why we love baseball. But it's also kind of fun to see it in the slightly different context, too. I just yeah. when you're not so focused on like your own team, because I admit sometimes I mean, I love watching the Mets, but sometimes I you get bogged down in like being stressed about how they're doing or people being injured or whatever. And so it'll be kind of fun to watch baseball. The stakes are high, but it's not like my personal investment in everything is lower. So I can just kind of enjoy the games without being like the Mets season is on the line. Yeah, every it'll game. just be a cool experience. But for us, obviously, as Mets fans, we have a lot to look forward to. Hopefully this season, there's other fans from different teams that going into the year, like they really don't have any expectations. So for them to be able to latch on to something like this and really be excited for a team they root for to do well in a tournament. I mean, I think that's also a nice bonus 
it's kind of wacky, you know, because like you said, we're used to this being a laid back time and like kind of just getting into the flow of things. And spring training has been going on a little over a week, two weeks, you know, with games going on and bam, we're jumping right into this tournament. So I think it's really going to come on pretty fast and it's going to happen quick. So you might as well watch it and enjoy it because it's very rare that you're going to see this much talent on the field at one time. Like I said, right. it's like an all-star game every game. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, you look at these lineups, especially like yeah, Team USA, even Puerto Rico. Team Mexico also has a lot of a lot of MLB players on. I know like yeah. Taiwan Walker playing for Team Mexico. Um, I think Julio Arias also. Alex Verdugo is playing for them. Alex Verdugo. There's a lot of players. I think Patrick Sandoval. No, I forget what team I was looking at that. Jose Ricudi and uh, Patrick Sandoval are going to be two aces of the team. Yeah, oh, I'm looking it up now. I just remember that stuck out as like, not usually. Well, no, they were going to have Alejandro Kirk, who's no longer doing it. So they have Austin Barnes. Cuba. Cuba's going to be good. Cespedes. Cespedes. His big has yeah. not played in a game since his last game with the Mets in 2020, right before he uh, abandoned the team and took the speaker from the clubhouse with him. So I'm very excited for his grand return to and baseball. The Netherlands with Xander Bogart, Charlotte Scope. They have some good players. Well, it's on Team Mexico. Uh, Rosarena also playing for Mexico. Some, yeah, Alec right, Thomas. Al Thomas is pretty good. He can go get it out in the outfield. Arias, yeah. Taiwan Walker, Luis Sessa, Giovanni Gallegos. There's a, yeah, there's there's a decent number of people from Mexico. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Infielders, Joey Manessis, Rowdy Telez, Luis Arias, Jonathan Aranda. Yeah, so they've got a good amount of MLB players. Yeah, I mean, it'll also be cool to like watch players that you know we don't see all the time as well. Again, it just kind of broadens your appreciation for the sport as a whole when it's sort of taken out of the context of like the Mets season and schedule. So I'm, I'm excited. I also think too, like, I mean, let's face it. I don't know if the world baseball classic is ever going to be as hyped as the world cup. It's just a different sport. It's the different fan base is different. It's not the same. I mean, soccer more globally is much more popular than baseball when you actually take it to in terms of other countries. But I do think you know, depending on how the next few weeks play out, I just think the level of hype overall going into the tournament, it's sort of on the way, I think, to becoming a bigger deal than it has been in the past. Yeah, well, you know, people watching it that aren't diehard baseball fans. Yeah, and when they're actually, like, putting forth all this talent this time, you know, like, obviously in other tournaments we were saying there was talent scattered and each team had some good players, but every team is really putting their best foot forward and it seems like players really want to play in this. And I think the 2017 WBC, the one where... You know, uh, the U.S. won and Machado got robbed of a home run by Adam Jones, that tournament. I think that brought a lot of eyes to the WBC. And especially with the U.S. winning, it made a lot of these U.S.-born players want to play and, like, participate for their country. Like, how often do you get to wear USA across your chest and play with all these guys that you're used to competing against, you know? So it's just with – I think with the more talent that plays, I think the more popularity there's going to be with the tournament. But when you're having guys that are either minor leaguers or not as well-known playing – it's harder for fans to latch on. So I think with all this great talent that's going to be in it, there's going to be a lot of more, a lot more eyeballs on the tournament than in previous years that it's been played. Right. I mean, because I think it's, instead of resembling like the Olympics, baseball in the Olympics, where it's like there's no MLB players doing it because the season's going on, this is definitely going to be a lot more. This is the top level of talent in the world across the different countries. And like like we were saying earlier, there's a lot of professional baseball the Japan and like South Korea leagues are hugely, hugely popular. And after MLB, like the next most competitive leagues in the world, basically, in terms of professional baseball. So there's a lot of amazing players kind of from everywhere. And yeah, it'll be cool to see like if any any new players that I've never heard of do amazing things. They're, yeah, teams that like the Czech Republic has a team. There was some really cool content. Israel. 
But Team Israel, yeah, there's a lot of there's actually a good amount of players playing like Jock Peterson playing for Team Israel. There's a bunch of MLB players on that team. Um, I think Ty Kelly is on Team Israel. I'm pretty I think, sure. I know he's played for them in the past. I don't know if he is. I thought he was. You know, Mets legend Ty Kelly. He's a good Twitter follow. He is. Yeah, well, that's how I that's why how I found out because I, I thought he posted about it recently. He hasn't posted that much recently, though. So maybe he's got some stuff in the works. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, kind of where. Yeah, he's playing. Oh, he is? Okay. Who else is on Team Israel? There's there actually there are a bunch um, of Matt Mervis. He's a uh, I think he's that prospect you Cubs were talking prospect. about from the Cubs. Danny Valencia used to be in the league. He's playing Garrett Stubbs. Oh, the Phillies Barnway. They have a few guys. Dean Kremer, the pitcher for Robert the Orioles. Stock, he made an appearance with the Mets a couple years ago. He did, yes. Dean Kramer from the Orioles. Mm-hmm. Zach Geloff oh. for the A's. This is just for me. He's one of their top prospects, but he's also Richard noted Dwyer. noted UVA grad. Wahoo! Wah. Oh wow, look at that. Got to give the UVA shout out. <laughs> they ha- no, they have guys mean. sprinkled across the league. You know, I program, keep my eye no. out. Zach Geloff, yes, notable prospect for the Oakland A's. I think he's like their number three prospect. It's going to be really fun to watch. I'm really excited. Richard Blyer, yeah, you said that already. Josh Wolf, wasn't he in the Lindor trade? Yes, I was knew his name sounded familiar. Alex Dickerson, oh yeah. yeah. I wonder if Jock's going to wear pearls or no. He should. Ian Kinsler's their manager. Well, yeah, it should be really fun. I mean, I hope there's like a surprise team like Israel or Italy or some team that makes it out of their pool that people weren't expecting to. I mean, like Colombia, some people thought could make it out of the U.S.'s, but now that they lost Jose Quintana, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows that by now. He has a fractured rib. When but is he fracturing a rib? I know I don't these know. things just happen, like stress yeah, fractures. Weird. It's not a non-contact thing, but it's like, damn. Well, good thing the Mets have some depth. Yes. So. David, David Peterson was dealing with like his a foot contusion. I mean, hopefully that's like not a big deal unless it's yeah. broken. But we yeah. haven't heard anything in the last couple of days. We still got time. Almost like what, three weeks still until the season starts. Season starts March 30th. Today's March 6th. So what, 24 days? So yeah, a little, little bit over. A little over three weeks. Three weeks. It's it going to fly by. like coming this Thursday. I think it starts three weeks from this Thursday. It's almost here. I know. It's it's like I spend... It's funny when the last, like when last season ended, I was like, I just, when, especially after kind of how the end of September unfolded, I was like, I just need to detox for the Mets for like a little bit. Okay. That lasted like three days. I'll be honest. (laughs) I like detox for the Mets. And then I was like, okay, I need to like watch some, I need to like do something. We got lucky. The Giants were good this year. Yeah. Hey, hey, there we go. We got lucky. Got to give my Knicks a shout out. Yes. I, well, you know, I'm not like a huge NBA fan normally. I, I wouldn't say I'm a bandwagon Knicks fan. Like I've followed them like very casually like over the last few years but i have to say i have been kind of sucked up into their recent excitement so blue and orange yeah doing well hopefully the so. other blue and orange team has some success this year It'll be yeah good. exactly yeah we're we're looking forward to that i know we have to go in a couple minutes but before we sign off this episode of cohen's corner jake is there anything else you've kind of been enjoying from spring training so far whether it's any players you've really enjoyed watching or any content that you've enjoyed i mean I'll, I'll i'll just say i think the mets have been doing a great job with all their fun little spring training videos they've been posting on twitter yeah. and instagram eduardo escobar just let him eduardo escobar has been the star of their spring training content i can see why like he's always been a popular presence in every clubhouse he's been in you know because he's just that happy-go-lucky he's always in a good mood and he's a really good player so yeah he's been fun to watch um obviously on the field ronnie mauricio has been really turning heads and i think buck showalter alluded to it the other day that He's almost in like midseason form from playing in the Dominican Winter League where he won the he MVP. was the MVP. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's really cool. I mean, obviously he has to work on defense and he's not going to be playing shortstop for us unless something happens to Lindor. 
see if they can get him some work at third base where he played a little in the winter league, maybe some left field. Brett Beatty, he's looked really good at the plate. He still mm-hmm. obviously needs some work in the field, but I even read something the other day how when David Wright came up, he wasn't he wasn't a good defender. And look what he turned out to be. So I mean there's hope and not saying Brett Beatty's David Wright, but you never know. Like it's just so early in their career. But it's really positive the way they've been hitting and Brett Beatty's fighting to be on this roster. Not so much Mauricio. I think it's he's definitely gonna start the season in triple A unless there's well he hasn't even played above double A Mauricio. Yeah like at all. So it's I don't want to buy too much into the hype. Ever made the roster of spring, but Beatty's got a shot. I mean Beatty we saw a little cameo from him last year before he got hurt. But he's got a shot to make the roster. We'll see. I think odds are him and Alvarez end up back at AAA uh, to start the year, but you never know. But, yeah, it's been really impressive to see them. Vientos with two bombs the other day. So mm. The Mark Vientos game. Is, yeah. yeah, exactly. But that's what you want to see is your young guys, when they're playing with the big leaders, they step up. Because you know what you're going to get from your veterans, no matter really what they do in spring training. But it's nice to see that these guys are stepping up. And it, it won't mean anything when it's all said and done. But it gives them some confidence, obviously. And uh, just that's been fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, you know, watching guys like Vientos, it's like they the Mets have actually so much position player talent in their system right now. There's so many there every game. It seems like at some point you got like Beatty in there, Alvarez in there who Alvarez hasn't caught really that much so far. He's DH in a few games, but even just between like Beatty, Vientos, Alex Ramirez, who's played a few games, who's one of their outfield prospects. I think he hasn't played, I don't think, above high A yet. Um, Ronnie Mauricio, you know, you've got people kind of scattered all over the diamond that I'm like, wow, this there's a picture actually the other day. I think it was like Beatty, Alvarez, Vientos and Mauricio. And I'm like this. Yeah. I don't know. Like, could It'd be this... cool in like 10 years. I want this picture. All studs in the big leagues. For I want it to now. age better than the picture of all the Mets aces from oh 2015. God, that came up the other day, too. Yeah, <laughs> it was like seven years ago. I was like, this picture needs to be like most of those players have had good careers overall but you know obviously they didn't stick together on the Mets for very long but I was like okay I want this picture of Beatty Alvarez Vientos and Mauricio like I want this to turn into something hopefully it doesn't turn into what that did exactly but you know it just that's the thing it's like there's all these position players they have so much talent on the team you know I I want so I want like this season I forget if I mentioned this on the podcast or not but one thing the Mets really were lacking last year in terms of just their overall roster was kind of that exciting rookie presence. And I feel like this year, hopefully, we'll really have that between all of the position player prospects that they have that have had, you know, really good springs so far that have worked really hard to make a name for themselves on, you know, in the system. Because, you know, the Mets, obviously, as everyone knows, spent a lot of money in the offseason. Most of their positions are pretty much set with great players at the major league level. But in spring, spring training, the three people we really look forward to watching are the prospects, I feel like. And, and okay, for me, I would say the prospects and, like, Tim LoCastro, who's actually hit, like, really well in spring so far. I don't know. I mean, look, if it's up to me, which it isn't, I would rather have him than Tommy Pham at this point because I just think he, like, brings more. He's better speed. vibes overall, but it's not up to me. Yeah. I don't know well, if that's going to happen. It'll all work itself out, but that's good to have a, some kind of depth like they will with LoCastro if you have to send him down to the minors, but... The fourth outfield spot, you know, it always works itself out. It, it yeah, it but does. But I mean, best, he's gotten like, like three doubles every had. game. I'm like, yeah, I don't and know. he's so fast and he Is plays he a really first? good. He plays good outfield, so he's yeah, fun. It's gonna, it's gonna be interesting to see how it shakes out. There's a few camp battles left that, and we'll get to see guys get more at bats. That's the other thing with the WBC. These young guys, they're not going anywhere. You know, they're gonna keep getting at bats with all the big boppers gone playing in the World Baseball Classic. So that's gonna be another good opportunity for them. Yeah, because I know. I mean, so far in spring. Well, I know Nimmo and Marte haven't played in any games yet, which hopefully I think they're supposed to like this week or Nimmo at least is going to play this week. 
And then Marte, I mean, he's been like getting his work in. So it seems like he'll be in games pretty soon. So, you know, there'll be the prospects playing, but also there'll be some more kind of major league players that we're all familiar with back in spring games pretty soon that we haven't really seen much of yet. And that's the thing. I watch Vientos in games. And I'm like, okay, if the Mets like want to ride EDH, they just have have Vientos. They don't need Darren. I know Darren Ruff hasn't played yet. He's still on the roster for some reason. We'll see how that end up, ends up shaking out. I feel like like it's gonna be like Robinson Cano all last year. Like you know what I mean? Where they <laughs> exactly. just cut him. They cut him early. It's not working. And obviously, it's a much different situation. Ruff's not making the money. No, Cano still is. But it'll be a similar situation when you have these aspirations to be as good as they're hoping to be. You, you can't just hang on to him and keep throwing him out there. You know, especially if he hasn't proven he's healthy, out. even. Yeah, which he had like a wrist arthritis or something. I mean, at that point, it's like, all right, there's no yeah. real need to like test this goodbye. out. Goodbye, Darren. Right. But that's the thing. You know, I, I love this year, I think more than last year, I've definitely felt like the young prospects have sort of bubbled up to more of the surface than they did last season. And I, I'm excited to see kind of what their presence is on the team over the course of the year. You know, how many games some of these guys end up playing, how much time they stay in AAA or AA, where some of them still are. So that's I've, that to me is going to be hopefully the difference between last year and this year in terms of how, like the general vibes of the team is like they have a lot of older players. They got to get a little bit younger. So maybe we can like start that trend with some of these guys getting more time at the big league level this season. Yeah, I agree. And I think we will. I think we're going to see plenty of uh, plenty of young guys step up this season. I think I know obviously he got rocked in his one star last year, but I think at some point this year, Jose uh, Buto is going to really be a big piece of this team at some point. I don't know. I like his stuff a lot. I just think that was a shaky outing, obviously, his first time out, but He's going to be a guy. He's a young, young rookie. I mean, you said that Hamill's pitching in the WBC, so we'll get to see him a mm-hmm. little bit. So hopefully in the next year or so. A couple of years ago, nobody thought Tyler or McGill would ever end up in the major league. So hopefully maybe something can happen where Hamill's up in, with the big league team. But obviously that would mean there's injuries. So we never want that, but we'll see. But yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more uh, contributions from rookies this year that we didn't have at all last year. Yeah, and that that's kind of a fun element of any team. You know, I always feel like, yeah, the teams that end up winning have a mix of like, you know, veterans, but also exciting young rookies. And like last year in the postseason, you had Jeremy Pena, who was a rookie, win the ALCS and the World Series MVP. And, you know, not not saying that's necessarily going to happen for the Mets this year, although, you know, we hope they get that far. But, you know, especially in like 2019, when Pete Alonso won Rookie of the Year, that was so fun watching him come up and like just be amazing the first season, his first season. And we haven't had that in a few years, really. I mean... 2020, I know we only saw a little bit of Jimenez, but he was great in the like 40 games he played or whatever. But I feel like the Mets haven't had kind of that explosive young talent shine at the major league level in a couple seasons. And so I'm excited to kind of see see who that might be this year. Maybe someone surprises us that does better than anyone ex- expects. We'll see how that kind of meshes in with, you know, we got like the current team is pretty set, but the future is becoming sooner and sooner. So I'm excited to see like how how like the the players we've watched over the last three or four years that they've signed for a couple years end up meshing with like the younger guys. So they they've got a lot of talent in the upper minors, lower minors, and at the major league level. So a lot of guys fighting for spots. We'll see how everything shakes out and how like different players get mixed into the picture and whether they have you know special moments. Yeah, it's exciting. We need these young guys to step up, and that's all part of Steve Cohen's long-term vision is that, yes, he's willing to shell out a ton of money in free agency, but at some point he wants these young guys in this farm system to be built up enough where they can fill holes by bringing guys up that are talented enough and not have to worry about spending 
half a billion dollars like he did this offseason. So that's the ultimate goal is to be able to develop within your own system and plug and play like the Dodgers have been doing for years. The Yankees do like. I mean, the Astros signed like one big free agent this year. Yeah. Like, and Jose Abreu. Just as good. Well, that's how that you have sustain success. You know, you got to be able to build from within. And that's what we're hoping to do. Exactly. So I think that's a good, good point to end on. You know, we're excited for the WBC. I'll keep kind of, you know, we'll keep following the Mets spring training games, obviously in the interim, seeing what news comes from that. But in the meantime, lots of baseball to look forward to in March before the season gets underway on March 30th. So with that, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, as always, you can follow our podcast on Twitter at Cohen's Corner Pod. You can follow me at NYMFan97, and you can follow Jake at Giblin underscore Jake. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. Looking forward to WBC. And as always, let's go Mets. <laughs>